Hello again everybody. Today we'll entertain the thought processes of the favorite people on the left. Zero Hedge reposted two articles that related to these ideas well. New Hampshire has been investigating their elections and Yuri Besmanov makes an audio cameo next in this broadcast about American freedom and liberty. next stage would be to invite him to a gathering of in the Soviet Friendship Society. There he is sitting next to his wife before he is being sent to USSR for free trip. Everything is paid by the Soviet government. He was made to believe that he is invited to USSR because he is a talented, sober-thinking intellectual. Absolutely false. He is invited because he is a useful idiot, because he would agree and subscribe to most of the Soviet propaganda cliché and when he is coming back to, to his own country, he is going for years and years to teach the beauties of Soviet socialism to uh, newer and newer generations of his students, thus promoting the Soviet propaganda line. Uh, the KGB was even curious about this gentleman. It may look innocent. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, a great spiritual leader or maybe a great charlatan and crook, depending on which, from which side you are looking at him. Uh, Beatles were trained at his ashram in Hardwar in India, how to meditate. Mia Farrow and, and other uh, useful idiots from Hollywood visited his uh, school, and they returned back to the United States, absolutely zonked out of their minds with marijuana, hashish, and crazy ideas of meditation. To meditate, in other words, to isolate oneself from the current social and political issues of your own country, to get into your own bubble, to forget about troubles of the world. Obviously, KGB was very fascinated with such a beautiful school, such a, a brainwashing center for stupid Americans. I was dispatched by the KGB to check what kind of VIP Americans attend this school. That's you on the left. Yes, I'm on the left. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was trying to get enrolled in that school. Unfortunately, they Maharishi Mahesh Yogi asked too much. He wanted 500 American dollars for enrollment. But my function was not actually to get enrolled in the school. My function was to discover what kind of people from United States attend this school. And we discovered that, yes, there are some influential members of family, uh, uh, public opinion makers of United States, who come back with the crazy stories about Indian philosophy, Indians themselves look up upon them as idiots, useful idiots. To say nothing about KGB, who looked at them as, as, as extremely naive, misguided people. Obviously, a VIP, say a wife of, of, of a congressman or, or a prominent Hollywood personality, after, after being trained in that school, is much more instrumental in the hands of, of manipulators of public opinion and KGB than a normal person 
who who understands who who looks through this this uh, this this type of of uh, fake religious training. Why would they be more susceptible to manipulation? I just mentioned that because you see a a person who is too much involved in in in, in introspective meditation. You see, if you carefully look, what what Maharishi Mahesh Yogi is teaching to to Americans is that. All, most of the problems, most of the burning issues of today can be solved simply by meditating. Don't, don't, don't rock the boat. Don't get involved. Just sit down, look at your navel and meditate. And the things, due to some strange logic, due to cosmic vibration, will, will, will settle down by themselves. This is exactly what the KGB and Marxist-Leninist propaganda wants from Americans, to distract their uh, opinion, uh, attention, and mental energy from real issues of United States into a non-issues, into a non-world, non-existent uh, harmony. Obviously, it's more beneficial for the Soviet aggressors to have a bunch of duped Americans than Americans who are self-conscious, healthy, uh, physically fit, and alert to, to the reality. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, obviously, is not on the payroll of the KGB. But whether he knows it or not, he contributes greatly to demoralization of American society. And he's not the only one. There are hundreds of those gurus who come to to your country to capitalize on naivete and stupidity of of Americans. It's a fashion. It's a fashion to meditate. It's a fashion not to be involved. So obviously, you can see that if if KGB were uh, that curious, if they paid my trip to Hardwar, if they assigned me to that to that strange job, obviously they were very much fascinated. They were convinced that that type of, of, of brainwashing is very efficient and instrumental in demoralization of the United States. Our conversation with Yuri Alexandrovich Bezmianov, who is a defector from the Soviet Union, a former propaganda agent for Novosti and the KGB, will continue after this message. So there you go with uh, Mr. Uh, Besmanov. I might play a little bit more of what he's got to say later. Um, he talks about uh, getting involved, getting the infiltration method, the influence campaign on uh, college campuses. Um, just substitute China in there for Russia now. That's basically what China has done. Uh, they influence a, a host of uh, institutions and organizations, and uh, and they're uh, instead of. Uh, asking us to sit idly by they they do want us to sit idly by in regards to their their uh world domination plans but uh in in terms of what they want us to do to our own country they want us to terraform it into a you know neo-marxist i don't know feudalistic uh technocracy of some sort uh but it doesn't really matter to them they just want us to destroy ourselves and we're we're well on our way there if we keep on listening to some of the buffoons that get put uh, platformed on uh, TV and whatnot. So I uh, I'm gonna first play this clip from uh, Miss Miss Rachel Maddow because Dave Rubin thought she was uh, important and he he literally he he titled his, her one tw- uh, one minute twenty three second rant uh, leftism is a mental disorder so. It's always interesting considering from coming from somebody like Dave Rubin of all people, but uh, uh, I mean, he's he 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 seems like a pretty good egg, but uh, uh, I mean that's that's just an opinion of my own. So we'll go from there. It is an amazing thing. I mean, I will just tell you at a personal level. I'm sorry for speaking of all that in such personal terms with the with Dr. Walensky, but when I was talking to people today about this new guidance and what to ask her. Everybody had very personal feelings about it, and I realized I did too in all these questions. Part of it is that I feel like I'm going to have to rewire myself so that when I see somebody out in the world who's not wearing a mask, I don't instantly think, you are a threat, (laughs) or you are selfish, or you are a COVID denier, and you definitely haven't been vaccinated. I mean, we're going to have to rewire the way that we look at each other, because the CDC's guidance, which she just told me, we are sure, is that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask, except in very specific circumstances. And so that means as we change that as a country, we are going to look at each other differently and have to unwire our preconceptions about what a mask or a lack of a mask means. President Biden spoke to that a little bit today, asking for people to, President Biden actually and Dr. Fauci both spoke to that today, asking for people to essentially 
be patient, be compassionate, give people respect for whatever they decide on this front, because with these with this changing guidance, we're going to now have changing norms and we got to give each other space to have feelings about that um, as we go through what's going to be a big change that's going to create a lot of visceral um, a lot of visceral reaction in a lot of us just in our day to day lives. Yeah, visceral reaction in our day to day lives. I mean, because, you know, uh, God forbid we were actually just normal. <laughs> this is this is just the uh, a part of the tyranny. So uh, Brandon Smith wrote this uh, article, and it's quite excellent, from altmarket.us. Um, it was reposted by Zero Hedge. It's called Vaccine Virtue Signaling and the, Culture, the Cult of Woke. So I'm just going to read a few snippets from it, and then uh, we'll move on. All tyrannical systems need a large contingent of cheerleaders in order to survive and thrive. A group of exploit, uh, exploitable and devout acolytes that will carry the torch and evangel, evangelize the masses with the ideology of control. Without this aggressive percentage of population, totalitarians cannot remain in power. In the United States and the most of the West, left, leftist ideologues have filled this role nicely. They claim they are fighting for the rights of the downtrodden, but their actions speak much louder than their words. They have supported and viciously defended nearly every draconian measure that governments and corporate elites have enacted in the past few years. They supported mass censorship of conservatives and moderates by big tech companies. They supported national lockdowns, which destroyed hundreds of thousands of small businesses and violated the constitutional rights of millions of Americans. They continue to support unscientific mass rules, which have been proven to achieve nothing tangible in terms of preventing viral spread. They support the usage of va vaccine passports, which would effectively cut non-vaccinated people out of the normal economy and normal society and drive them into poverty. And now they're all over the web trying to propagandize for the jab. We know these unhinged creatures by many names, including social justice warriors, snowflakes, puritans, leftists, Marxists, communists, globalists, collectivists, narcissists, etc. Basically, they are some of the worst people on the planet. <laughs> And they usually drone on about institutional racism that doesn't exist, or rape culture that doesn't exist, or a patriarchy that doesn't exist, though I'm starting to wonder if maybe we should start one. They have now found a new love in the COVID crisis. Before I address the woke cult and their perver perverse relationship with the establishment, I have to ask a basic question about the vaccine, which no one in the mainstream seems to be asking, why should we take an experimental mRNA vaccine for a virus that has a 99.7% of people outside of nursing homes will easily survive? And he goes on and, and, and talks about the predictions and what the World Health Organization uh, discusses there. I'll leave a link to, the, a link to this article in the description. Um, but I'm going to uh, go down to where he starts talking about uh, the habits here. This is not to say any of these people are, are, are aware of the underlying agenda. The mindset behind vaccine virtue signaling could be attributed to some of the basic frailties the average leftist suffers from. First, they have a habit of relying on government and the system in general to provide for their feelings of normalcy. That is to say, they worship the COVID vaccine partly because they see, see it as their ticket to appeasing the government and being given access to certain comforts. Sadly, they don't realize those comforts can be taken back any time they want if they were, were not so cowardly. And then, let's see, second, uh, leftists always argue from a position of the majority, even when they are not the majority. COVID is a tool, like a psychological crowbar used to leverage compliance because the presumption is that it is a threat to everyone. And if everyone is threatened by the same boogeyman, then everyone is part of the same monolith the same collective and if everyone is part of the same collective then everyone must fight that boogeyman together in unity if you do not work with the collective that means you are working against the collective quote unquote we live in a society the leftists arrogantly spit and sneer which means you must do what we say is best for everyone as i already thoroughly outlined above covid is not a real threat to everyone it is not even a threat to more than 0.26 percent of the people we do not we do not live in a society at least we don't live in in their society under their rules they don't care about saving lives this is just the excuse they need to exert control control is what they most desire how do i know this 
look at the mania surrounding the very existence of anti-lockdown activists and anti-vaxxers. Look at how much they talk about us. They can't stop themselves. Why do these people care so much whether or not we take the vaccine? If it actually works, then they are perfectly safe from us, and we all die horrible deaths from the COVID. They can say, we told you so. Well, what they're really afraid, uh, what they really fear is that we are right and they are wrong. The science is certainly on our side and has been for the duration of the pandemic. And let's see, it goes through the WHO was wrong, the CDC was wrong, the Imperial College of London was wrong, the anti-lockdown activists were close to the mark than all of them combined. The masks have been proven useless, the lockdowns have been proven to be useless, the death rate predictions were proven to be highly exaggerated, and now the very need for the vaccine is the question. Another easy conclusion we can draw from the media is that they are not going away and the establishment intends to press the issue if we continue to defy them. I have seen the suggestion of quote-unquote force only generally uh, broached in the past, but recently the narrative is becoming more aggressive. The word force is appearing more often. The media seeks to remind us that under under that law, the establishment could make us take the vaccine. The message We might as well get the vaccine now so that we can avoid any unpleasantness later. We all know that this is eventually going to lead to war, but the elites need a huge ratio of pro-mandate people to effectively subjugate liberty-minded individuals. They don't have it, and it shows. Woke adherents see all the same propaganda every day. They hear the message loud and clear. The system is indicating that vaccines will be mandatory whether by government declaration or by corporate requirement. So leftists are scrambling to show their allegiance to their God, the state, and they act like good little foot soldiers to gain gain extra virtue points. There are many reasons to not accept an experimental vaccine. And it goes through that. And the last bit, I'm going to skip over most of that. Uh, Let's see here. And with vaccine passport, there arises the specter of complete government micromanagement of people's lives. Sure, you can choose to not uh, get vaccinated, but the system is is going to make certain you suffer for, for it until you can't survive without the jab. The vaccine is a stepping stone to tyranny, disguises empathy, and duty to your community. The world culture adores this kind of environment, however. This is the type of dark, slimy cave they like to nest in. The need to control others is an aberration, a mental deficiency common to psychopaths. But in the new world, the control freaks are given justification and free reign. The striking irony here is that these people likely like to control, but they also like to be controlled. They find comfort and safety in their chains. The world is a scary place, and being independent within it takes courage, mental fortitude, and a willingness to learn from our mistakes as we gain wisdom and experience in the process. The platitudes and pontificating of the leftist mob are an attempt to avoid the tribulations of a real life. Their submission to the state, no matter how dubious or evil, is an attempt to feel safe from their own irrational fears, their weaknesses, and their inadequacies. As the author Robert Anton Wilson once said, the obedient always think of themselves as virtuous rather than cowardly. So, I'm going to play this little clip here from uh, uh, Dr. Uh, or Professor Dolores Cahill. Now, I stumbled upon her back in May of 2020, and she was one of the first to acknowledge or to to analyze uh, this virus and determine that it was a non-natural occurring Situation. She did an interview with uh, David Cullen of. Uh, he's from Ireland. Uh, he's been a uh, uh, computing forever. Uh, for those who know him by that um, moniker, he was on YouTube for quite a long time, and YouTube started censoring him because he was providing well analysis and 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 noticing the situation and tying it to the Gates Foundation and others, uh, along with uh, Ivor Cummings and others out there. There's. There's been so many people that have uh, informed me and and or I've learned from and and hopefully gathered good insight. And everything that she had uh, mentioned uh, was uh, confirmed or uh, reiterated by Nicholas Wade in his uh, article that he had published just about a week to 10 days ago uh, regarding uh, the origins of the 
the virus, uh, the Daziks, the the people, the NIH, uh, the Bat Lady, Shiji uh, uh, Lee or whatever her name is. We just call her the Bat Lady because you can't pronounce her name. Uh, <laughs> I know what she looks like, and, and we know about uh, B- uh, Ralph uh, Barris or uh, Barrick Barrick. And uh, anyway, so I'll play uh, this little snippet. It's only two minutes long. Hopefully. <laughs> minutes kind of summarizing uh, what she feels is necessary in terms of how we should approach this uh, locally uh, growing food and stuff like that that we need to be prepared for another crisis because um, they're you know they're they're in crisis mode we've already seen the crisis over in Israel that's going to be the globalists are purposely and intentionally and, and, and the game is up and so many people see through their bullshit but they they have they're in the, all these power structures. They'll start wars. They're sabotaging. They're fly, uh, false flagging. Um, they have been coordinating with China. I'm sure China is going to try to start uh, inserting itself a little bit more powerfully where it needs to. Uh, you know, as uh, matter of fact, uh, Joe Biden decided that 140 troops in Israel needed uh, to fall back to Germany because you know they were going to do an exercise, but. Uh, we don't want to be involved in this situation. It's like, that's quite entertaining. That I mean, it's only 140 troops, don't get me wrong. But, you know, and there are 140 troops. They could have been uh, helping uh, the Israelis do a some kind of a, a security uh, improvement or whatever. I mean, they can be deployed if they wanted to. Of course, you know, God, they'll say, well, we don't, want, we don't want troops to get involved in this and die and stuff like that it's like yeah but you've had them in afghanistan for the last 20 years and i guarantee that uh, the media only, the only reason why we don't know or uh, do know something about certain things overseas is due to the media's ability to focus or not focus on those situations and um like she was mentioning that uh, the media's complicity in this entire situation 
the amount of guilt that they should be under is substantial and yet here we are we're going we're we have to do what the media doesn't do when i say the media i'm talking about the big five or six uh, corporations that run about 98% of the mainstream media propaganda to to the people uh and and if you divorce yourself from it you find out your life is a whole lot better like i don't watch tv and i haven't watched tv for well i don't know Let's see what's the last i watch pluto every once in a while and i usually watch history uh, channel stuff uh, just because I'd rather watch something about that that happened uh, 50, 60, or 70 years ago and, and, and maybe have a presenter. Uh, usually the videos are from uh, late 90s or early 2000s, so not not as quite as skewed by uh, the infusion or the leftist infusion of their, their, uh, their uh, particular analysis. Um, you know, if you can get back to first first sources that's always usually the best way to do it uh, reading and whatnot so uh i'm gonna read a brief thing from um uh this guy is called the ethical skeptic he's he's way above me in terms of his uh intellectual development uh he's an older older gentleman he was a navy uh i think he's a navy intelligence officer he 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 hides his id he we don't, i don't know his name uh, but according according to what he says, uh, and he's done interviews. Uh, I, I got one snippet of an interview, and yeah, he's worked in the D.C. area. He's worked with think tanks. He's launched uh, uh, businesses overseas. He's dealt with he's dealt with G8 summit. So he, he obviously is connected to the right people, but he's also very skeptical of everything they say and do. And he writes quite a bit on his uh, website, and I leaves links to links to his articles in the description. He also writes on um, um, your, your carbon footprint energy. Does a great analysis on that. It's very, very detailed and something that most people should uh, spend time on. Because I'm going to finish up with Vern Coleman, and he does a little a snippet that coincides or uh, correlates well with what the ethical skeptic says. But this article is called "The Five Species of Syndicate and Their Descent," and he starts it off. I am an infidel. I am a blockade runner. I am a stakeholder. I am a heteric, her, heretic. I am a dissident. I may indeed agree with the goal of the syndicate, but as an ethical skeptic, uh, I may also be compelled to oppose the tactics used in attaining the goal. It is a journey and not the destination which flags corruption. What is a, a syndicate? Who are these entities that regard the lav lavishness and control which can be garnered during a short 78 years of life of such importance that abusing their fellow man is justified in its quest? The syndicate player is a pretender to the role of God. They are, uh, they, they are a form of royalty which seeks to exploit the control, class conflict, and stratification of their fellow citizens in order to improve their wealth, celebrity, and power. An irony exists as well, in that many of the below players identify themselves as part of a dissent or heresy, contrasted under the reality that they are indeed the oppressor. Remember that a god play typically involves three parties. First, a symbol of victimhood. Second, the party who is targeted for harm and extinction. And third, the virtuous party, the god proxy, who harms the second in order to help the cause of the first. Such is a common ploy of the syndicate. So what is a syndicate and what are the common forms thereof? Of course, one can find a different set of definitions in the graduate level, business, government, and the international economy textbook. However, during my decades of work, I have found that these are the definitions which provide a, a best uh, Wittgenstein fit in terms of the ethical skepticism. So, and he has a goes through a definition there but there's these various types so the cabal an unofficial organizations which control access to the realm of uh, uh, authorized ideas purpose social coercion intimidation example antifa social skepticism science communicators nihilism opposition the infidel a cartel trust whether it be clayton or sherman controls access to a market vertical or horizontal sets its pricing and rules, and qualifies which transactions are permitted. Its purpose. 
economic or social inclusion and domination. Example, U.S. Grains, ABCD-OPEC technology, uh, social media, news media syndicates, opposition, free trader, pirate. Mafia, controls a product, its distribution channels, and or the region in which such product is allowed to be sold. Its purpose, economic oppression, domination. Example, educational or non-elected government official, unions, National Football League, the AFL-CIO. Opposition, a stakeholder. Uh, Cathedral, official organizations which administer religious doctrines. The necessity of thought, instruction, and cultivation of ignorance towards opposing ideas. Purpose, social and religious doctrine enforcement. Example, American University System, the Big A Atheism, Science-Based Medicine, Catholic Church, Opposition, the, Her- the Heretic, Party, a group which seeks domination of a government and is Overton window of acceptable policy through social purging in the forms of violence, propaganda, intimidation, and fraud in governance. Purpose, social purge, oppression, genocide. Example, the party, formerly Democrats, progressives, global socialist, Marxism, opposition, the dissident. So he just named off five examples. Obviously, we can look at the last one as being something that we are uh, substantially dealing with in the United States at this point. One of the purposes of the ethical skepticism is to hone an ability to spot a syndicate and its agency when at play. It is not the neutrality itself is actually a form of dissent. However, in presence of a syndicate, it must be exercised as such as the ethical skeptic is often not given the choice. I might, for instance, agree with a, what a mafia does, but still oppose the mafia itself. I might agree with the conclusions of an organization of fake skeptics, but still oppose their methods of pretend science and social coercion. I support addressing the needs of the disadvantaged, but that does not mean that I need to put you in power to enact such things. That could be definitely applied to where we're at right now. So I'm going to move on to Vern Coleman. He's been putting out these weekly talks. I'm going to see if I can queue up to where he was talking about um, the energy situation. But uh, his talks are telling and insightful. Uh, This one's 25 minutes long, so I'm going to play approximately well i was going to download it but i'll try to play half of it and see uh, where we're at let me see if i can queue up to it okay let's see where he's at saint of lobbyists and bill the patron saint of drug company shills and tony blair the patron saint of liars and except the jibby jab jab they'll be turned into non-human cyborgs doomed once the pathogenic priming gets to work By the way, if you find yourself face-to-face with anyone from the BBC, form a cross with your fingers and tell them a fact. Anything true will do, in just the same way that vampires will die if faced with garlic, so BBC employees will implode if faced with a fact. What else is there? Well, some people are saying that no one under the age of 60 should have the jab, implying that it's all right to give it to the over-60s. That's dangerous, crazy brain nonsense and anyone suggesting it should be horse-whipped and tarred and feathered in any order you like. In my view, no one should have this job until they're tired of life and looking for a painful way to commit suicide. And it's oh so wrong that they're talking of vaccinating children. Some of the crazed, lunatic pro-vaxxers are even claiming that children should decide for themselves whether or not to be jabbed. Let's be precise. No one with an IQ greater than their shoe size should have one of these experimental jabs. In my view, the lies and the lunacies are endless. Every celebrity with an agent and a yearning for publicity is campaigning for more global warming, or maybe less. I'm not sure any of them actually know what they want. The authorities have pretty well got rid of coal. Much of the world now turns its back on nuclear fuel, Gas-fired power plants are rapidly becoming a thing of the past. Gas heating and cooking are being phased out. We're facing a massive electricity crisis and the global warming cultists, driven by fanaticism rather than science, are going to be the first to whinge when they spend their days sitting in the cold, unable to 
go anywhere or do anything, putting on all their clothes to try to keep warm and struggling to live through the winter on cold salads. The global warming nutters, foot soldiers for the Agenda 21 billionaires, are going to be responsible for billions of deaths. The truth, if anyone's interested, is that the three worst things you can do for the environment are to fill those silly recycling boxes, to buy an electric car or to ride a bicycle on busy roads. Anyone who does those things is a bad, bad person. Why? Simple. Most of the recycling that people waste time and water sorting out and washing is sent off thousands of miles and then either burnt or used as a landfill. The recycling scam was merely part of the Agenda 21 plan to force us all to be compliant and unquestioning. Recycling programmes use up energy and water and are wasteful in many ways. Electric cars are bad because there isn't enough electricity to go round as, to go round as it is. If everyone drives an electric car, then we'll all have to eat cold food and shiver to keep warm. Besides, electric cars, like those silly windmills, are bad for the environment. They use up more energy than diesel or petrol-driven cars, and digging out the minerals for the batteries involves vast amounts of earth-moving machinery and thousands of child labourers. Bicycles? Well, they're OK if you ride them on a special bicycle track, but riding one on the road forces cars to slow down, use more fuel and produce more damaging exhaust smoke. That really is time. OK. Sorry there. Uh, can't exactly help what uh, this uh and this is uh, from Brand New Tube, so hopefully you get the, the gist of what he was talking about there. And he summarized it pretty quickly. His talks are telling. They're, uh, he posts them up on his website, too. But, yeah, he's been censored, along with a, you know countless others that are out there that have tried to do their, uh, I guess you could say, the best they can during this time. And it kind of gives you an idea of how he feels. And he was, I listened to his talks going back to, uh, middle of last year. Um, he's an older gentleman. He's a, uh, retired general practitioner, but yeah, he's just providing common sense knowledge about some of the things that are going on or, uh, yeah, we know what the crisis is all about or we should, um, so uh, going over an article from the Western Journal about uh, election audit of voting machines in small New Hampshire town could have far-reaching implications. So just uh, this is uh, as New Hampshire Public Radio noted, the core issue is that there was a roughly 400 vote difference between vote totals that separated two candidates for state representative on election night. And the totals emerged after a state-operated recount took place a week later. Um as it turns out, the intelligence proper, uh, in, intellectual property, intelligence property, intellectual property of the AccuVote machines and its election management system is n now owned by Dominion Voting, which has also been involved in related disputes in other states. Dominion did not make the machines, yeah, but they own they own the process now. Um, initially, uh, let's see, we used the global election management software and was made by Unisys. And then by Global Election Systems, which is no longer in operation. So, whether Dominion made the machines or not, it doesn't really matter. It just means that, uh, what, they inherited a, inherited a flawed process and didn't fix the flawed process? Okay, so, if this thing was a flawed process before, how many other elections have they jacked up in the in the meantime? I mean... And then, and then of course, they jacked up this one. Or did Dominion fix them? Or did Dominion put in the flawed process? One can never tell because you can never get these people into a courtroom and have them actually defend themselves uh, because they they always hide behind the intellectual pro property uh, canard. Um, you're providing a service to the United States government. By my estimation, and by most other people's estimation, that means you're beholden to all you're beholden to all government uh, regulations that everybody else is. So. Your intellectual property can be exposed uh, for what it is. Your code is not sacrosanct. I mean, if the CIA can uh, get Apple to give them all their information, or if they can hack into Apple, or if Apple just uh, conveniently leaves a back door, I don't really care. I'm, <laughs> and most people shouldn't either. You know, at this point, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the intellectual property to hide crimes is, is not even an argument. I mean... And no judge should ever make that argument either, except for a, a paid-off judge. 
um, which of course we know exists because uh, um, we just saw a, a judge got a nice little book deal, you know, several months after she got appointed to the court. I mean, you know, what's the what's up with that? I mean, uh, but well, I won't go down that road. Uh, I'm going to end with uh, Yuri because, uh, well, first my voice is tired, but uh, he always has some insightful analysis, and I think there's about three or five minutes that you can listen to that I think is enjoyable. So we'll go back to Yuri Besmanov and end it there. See if I can wait for a second. This picture shows the part of the building of USSR embassy and my supervisors. On the left is Comrade Mehdi, an Indian communist, and on the right, Comrade Mitrohin, my supervisors in the secret department of research and counter-propaganda. It has nothing to do with either research or counter-propaganda. Most of the activity of that department was to compile huge amount, volume of information on individuals who were instrumental in creating public opinion. Publishers, editors, journalists, uh, actors, educationalists, professors of political science, members of parliament, uh, uh, representatives of business circles. Most of these people were divided roughly into groups. Those who would tow the Soviet foreign policy, they would be promoted to the positions of power through media and public opinion manipulation. Those who refused the Soviet influence in their own country would be character assassinated or executed physically come revolution. Same way as in the small town of Hue in South Vietnam, several thousands of Vietnamese were executed in one night when the city was captured by Viet Cong for only two days. And American CIA could never figure out how could possibly communists know each individual where he lives, where, where to get him, and would be arrested in one night, basically in, in some four hours before dawn, put on a van, taken out of the city limits, and shot. The answer is very simple. Long before communists occupied the city, there was extensive network of informers, local Vietnamese citizens, who knew absolutely everything about people who are instrumental in public opinion, including barbers and taxi drivers. Everyone who was sympathetic to the United States was executed. Same thing was done under the guidance of, of the Soviet embassy in Hanoi, and same thing I was doing in New Delhi. To my horror, I discovered that in the files where people were doomed to execution, there were names of, of pro-Soviet journalists with whom I was personally friendly. Pro-Soviet? Yes. They were idealistically minded <laughs> leftists who uh, made several visits to USSR. And yet, the KGB decided that come revolution or drastic changes in political structure of India, they will have to go. Why is that? Because they know too much. Simply because, you see, the useful idiots, the, the leftists who are idealistically believing in the beauty of Soviet socialist or communist or whatever system, when they get disillusioned, they become the worst enemies. That's why my KGB instructors specifically made the point, never bother with leftists. Forget about these political prostitutes. Aim higher. This was my instruction. Try to get into... into uh, large circulation, established conservative media, rich, filthy rich movie makers, intellectuals, so-called academic circles, cynical, egocentric people who can look into your eyes with angelic expression and tell you a lie. These are the most recruitable people, people who lack moral principles, who are either too greedy or too uh, suffer from self-importance. Uh, they feel that uh, they, they matter a lot. Uh, these are the people who KGB wanted very much to recruit. But or, to eliminate the others, to execute the others, don't they serve some purpose? Wouldn't they be no, the ones they, we rely they on? they serve purpose only at the stage of destabilization of a nation. For example, your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them 
when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, the, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. But they may turn into the most bitter enemies of Marxist-Leninists when they come to power. And that's what happened in Nicaragua. You remember most of these uh, former Marxist-Leninists were either put to prison or one of them split and now he's working against Sandinistas. It happened in, in uh, uh, Grenada when Maurice Bishop was, he was already a Marxist. He was executed by, by a new Marxist who was more Marxist than this Marxist. Same happened in Afghanistan when uh, first there was Taraki, he was killed by Amin, then Amin was killed by Babrak Karmal with the help of KGB. Same happened in, in Bangladesh when Munjibur Rahman, very pro-Soviet leftist, was assassinated by his own Marxist-Leninist military comrades. It's the same pattern everywhere. The moment they serve their purpose, all the useful idiots are used, either be executed entirely, all the idealistically-minded Marxists, or uh, uh, exiled or put in prisons, like in Cuba. Many, many former Marxists are in Cuba, I mean in prison. So most of the Indians who were cooperating with the Soviets, especially without uh, de Department of, of uh, Information of the USSR embassy, were listed for execution. Uh, and when I discovered that fact, of course, I was sick. I was mentally and physically sick. I so he goes through the the whole list of there and, and talks about, you know, the the in, end game for the leftists, which um, given our circumstances, I think the end game for our, our particular brand of left, leftists is going to be at the at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party if uh, they get their way. Um, you know the infiltration and, and the breakdown in the United States because uh, you know of course you know they're gonna they're gonna they've already subservient uh, that we have corporations that now are uh, towing the CCP line and I mean how many of these corporations are going to high start hiring uh, people onto their boards and to their executives and they'll be working in the United States and of course you know the people that are quote unquote on the left in this country are going to come to realize that the people that they should be most afraid of are, are already have already used them. And then, you know, who knows what will happen to them and when it will happen to them. But it will happen. And uh, it's quite entertaining because uh, there's always this group and uh, like the Mad Owls of the world that, you know, propagandize to and gets them all ginned up and uh, gets them to be irrational about everything and use their emotions against them. And then that's what you wind up with is, uh, you know, they're going to eventually come to realize that that jack boot's going to come down on their head. This is always the flaw, too, of uh, certain leftists. I was talking to this uh, girl a while back, and she talked about how all the, you know, the authoritarianism is on the right. And I, I, I wanted to correct her, but I just let it roll because uh, from her perception, it, it maybe is accurate enough. But uh, uh, <laughs> she doesn't realize that the people that are going to uh, – to anybody who is uh, rational, yeah, I guess that uh, uh, if someone stops them from what they're doing, they always see it as, you know, well, you must be, you know, authoritarian and you're a right winger. Of course, it doesn't uh, – uh, uh, of course, when uh, the infiltration happens and the defund the police happens and all the policemen are changed out with leftists and then, of course, the – the people that have come to power at that point and whoever's controlling them starts abusing the very people that uh, put them in place, you know. Of course, they, they say, well, yeah, they, they're just, they're just and, and whoever they recruited to do this, um, and they always make it the white person. Uh, that's the reason why they use uh, uh, race in our country versus uh, class so much, uh, though they're trying to do both at the same time. Um uh, in particular, it's just because the people that are rational and don't want to, uh, who want to protect themselves, they see them as a threat to their their ability to get what they want. And of course, now we have the the the, the alignment and has been done on us between corporations and the government. The government is using the corporations to create create the fascistic uh, compliant state um, on all of us. And then, of course, you know the. Uh, the left enjoys that, and and of course they're getting paid. Uh, that's why you have the BLMs out there, you know, sucking money from uh, Bank of America and all these other places. Uh, 
There was one report that got $10 billion last year or some sort uh, to the organization, but where did the money go? Well, it didn't go to anybody. It didn't go to the people. It didn't go to, it didn't go to any BLM causes. It went to the BLM uh, uh, hustlers that have uh, turned race into a good little grift, and uh, we all know that. But uh, anyway, I'm going to end this broadcast uh, at that point. Um, I've uh, left a link in the description to the book I just published it actually got it actually got past amazon even though they would uh wouldn't ad- they wouldn't allow me to advertise the book um but that's that's near here nor there at least uh it got up on their site uh i got a few uh got a few nibbles already uh i also have it up at uh my website uh dcf press uh you can look it up online i have a pinned post there and actually have a book tab you can download it um you can download it for free, or you could pay me through the website. Or if you download it for free, at least go back to Amazon and write a review for me. That would be appreciative. I, I'm, uh, you know, I don't, it isn't about the, I mean, obviously, you have to put a price on it. And the only reason why the price is as high on Amazon is only $9.99. But uh, it's because uh, the file size is uh, enormous. It's like 60, uh, kilo, uh, uh, what do you call it, 60 megabytes. So... That's a substantial file size. In order to even uh, get it to break even, you had to jack up the price on it. But uh, you can download it, at, like I said, at my website, www.dcfpress.com. Anyway, uh, I, don't, I won't hawk it too much, but uh, I hope everybody enjoys their Sunday. Um, tries to uh, get outside, enjoy the weather, enjoy, enjoy uh, freedom and liberty. Um, think hard and long about how you're going to approach uh, problems uh, learn how to uh, um, preventative or uh, do some pre- preparation as Dolores talked about with food and whatnot. be aware that the, the globalists never sleep they're always looking to entertain new crises and they're going to invent them and they're going to shift their guidance like they've been doing throughout this situation because they're at, they're they're trying to create all the crazy and havoc inside people's heads. God bless America. God bless the United States of America and to the rest of the world. Have a great day.